So welcome back to Woody Cast number three. Yeah, I know that uh, it's been a while. It's been, uh, unfortunately, it's been such a busy, busy summer that I just not had a chance to to get it all going on. And uh, what with uh, British Championships and then French Championships in Rouen, which was a fabulous competition, just an excellent vibe down there, some really, really good competition. And then the long drive over to uh, to the east coast of Italy for the European Championships, which was an opportunity for me to get hold of this guy and we bunk it into a really nice little Italian cafe and had a chat. He's always been been on my list because he's a he's a real he's a real fighter and he's a fantastic athlete and uh, it turned out to be uh, an incredible competition for him. He went on to win uh, to be European champion in the single ski and also in the board. So it was a fantastic. It was his first stint as as the captain of Great Britain. So that was super exciting for him. And um, I think that uh, moving forward, we will be having uh, a blog and a pod uh, one every two weeks uh, right through winter and hopefully I can stockpile up until next summer but uh, it's all looking pretty good the feedback's been amazing which is which is great and people are enjoying the stuff and I hope you enjoy this interview with Lewis Rosewell things move on you sort of uh, grow up in life I think and I think over the past couple of years, I've grown up and realised that this is what I want to be doing and made some amazing friends, amazing memories. Mate, we're ready to rock and roll. I'll get you to introduce yourself first. Yeah, so sat here at the coffee shop with Woody, I'm uh, Ricky Oni, I'm Lewis, Lewis Rosewell, just on my GB, I think I'm on my 10th or 11th GB trip now. Um, have you have you raced in Italy before? No, I've never raced in Italy before. I came out here when I was 12, I think, to watch Lloydie in his last Europeans. So I've been out here to watch surf life saving. Um, juniors, yeah, juniors. I think it might have been 07 maybe. And uh, yeah, watch surf life saving, but never been out here to uh, race now, first time. So mate, take us through, this is the end of, uh, it's been a, quite a long season. Uh, take us through from the beginning competitions you went to, I know you guys went down to Ocean Perth. Um. Yeah, yeah, um, we started back as soon as the nights got light really, I think me and uh, one of the older boys from Port Reef Club, Simon Garbett, I think we were itching for the nights to get a bit lighter and I think it was mid-March, mid, yeah, mid-March, beginning of April I think, finally got to half past six and we were able to get on the, the water for a, an hour, so yeah, started that back then on the skis just done a bit of longer stuff and then Portree Surf Club started their sessions um, beginning of May, first week in May. So it's been pretty long really um, with work and everything as well but just done a couple of GB trials early on in mid-May and then be into June, got them out of the way and they're always stressful mate, you know, you just got to race them and it's pretty hard racing one-on-one and two-on-two so get pretty nerve-wracking for them at the start of the season and then you sort of try and build your base around them and they went pretty well, so headed into some Welsh trials as well. Got them out of the way, and yeah, Ocean Perth was a pretty big, uh, pretty big competition on the calendar. So tried to peak for that really, and then did, did that give you a good gauge as to where your form was at, like on a European level? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, going down there, uh, knowing it's, it's a pretty big competition, and you got some of the best in Europe, some French, Germans. 
um, Italians, some of, most of the best boys in Britain go over there and race. So yeah, you try and get those races. Pretty good competition. He just bangs it all in, all the heats in one morning. I think we've done like 12 races within two hours and then no, no land straight into the finals. So although it's hard, tough racing, I find it's good racing that time of year and to get that done, like, yeah, it's a really good competition. So. I think really that um, one of the differences between possibly the UK and Europe, as opposed to you know New Zealand and Australia, is is the is the number of races that yeah, there's the the volume is of races is, is lower than w would be for the other guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, you go to a, a, I don't know a Welsh Welsh Championships or GB Championships, and sometimes you barely have any heats. Your heats the finals, sometimes just straight finals. So yeah, it is good to go down to France and get the heats, the semis, the quarters, finals, anything, you know. So I think in Ocean Perth we've done heats, quarters, semis, finals, board race, heats, quarters, semi-finals, ski race, heats, quarters, semi-finals, iron. That's within four or five hours you're on and off the beach, you know, so yeah, it's good. And at, at the start of a season, do you, like having been around a long time and being a real stalwart of, of Great Britain and, and Welsh lifesaving, do you set yourself a goal? Like did you say, oh, this year I want to be European board champion or European Ironman champion? Do you, do you actually set those types of goals for yourself? Um, I've sort of always got them in the back of my head, what, what I want to gain and what I want to achieve, but I don't, I probably should write them down because, you know, like through the year, I think they change a bit because some weeks I find them feeling a bit stronger on the ski and then I, I lack my confidence in the iron or the, the board race. And, and I think with the British weather as well, you could miss a week of board training and only be able to get on the ski or miss a week of ski training and only be able to get on the board or you can only get in the sw in the pool so yeah I think my goals I should have write them down but I think they do change over um, over the years so it's pretty hard too I think yeah and uh, this year you were named as captain of Great Britain that's a that's a big honor for you he stoked about that yeah mate um Ash came up to me on the beach a couple of weeks ago and uh, asked me to be it and it's just every time you get the email to say you're in the team it, like I like I said, I've been 10 times now and even though you sort of gauge that you might be in it from the trials, but just to get the email and get your name written down there is, is pretty special still after 10 years. I think I still still makes my hair stand on end when I get the, get the name just to be in the team. So when you get asked to be captain, for someone I've loved doing since I was five, six, running around on the beach, it's pretty special, I think, to wear the um, GB, cap, yeah, GB cap as captain. I love it, mate. You know, I love the sport. and. It's someone I thrive towards and someone that, that makes me really happy, you know, and to be captain of a wicked group of athletes at the moment, yeah, it's just pretty special. I, 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 know, I know when I was running the show, um, you know, I think that I was always stoked to have you there because I know that I know that you, you love being on the line, I know you love fighting for the cause, and to me, I just love having guys in the team that I know they'll kill themselves for the, for the, for the, for the cap. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah, why yeah. I always liked that about you, and I knew that you, you could always stack up, you know. Yeah. I had to get in the trenches with a couple of guys, I know you'd be in there, so that's, to me, that was always super special. Yeah, like, like I say, I, just, I love putting my body on the line, you know, I love, love putting myself in that dark place, and I, even in training, you know, I don't like, don't like being beaten if it's, down Portree doing three force jump starts or I don't know five or six minute efforts I just I just kind of think to myself what's the point in being there if you're not going to put yourself in in those positions and like team of team races as well I'll always just try and dig in and go that extra bit you know and you're always a team when you're out here with that GB hat on so yeah. so where does that come from where does the your because some people have got it mate some people 
love the fight and some people yeah, they like they like representing but really when it comes down to it in the in the heat of battle they're not really got it so what 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 has made you have that um i don't know I'd maybe maybe just think like i said I, it's pretty I, I i don't too sure what what makes me feel like that and what makes me in that person that per, sort of person i just think Maybe I just had it from the start. I mean, you know? you're not you're not a big guy in stature. No. So have you have you have you had to fight your way through life a little bit, or? Yeah, I think um, I remember. There's always a story that Mum would tell. We were back in. Uh, I was only a junior, maybe under 15s, under 16s, and when a family friend came down to watch, and he'd never even seen the sport and never even done the sport, and he looks at Mum and he's like, "There's no way Lewis is going to beat those boys. You know, they're six foot odd." I was barely even four foot at the time, you know, like, there's no way he's going to be here. And mum's like, just, just watch, just watch. And then the race goes. And I think, yeah, like I say, I think a lot about this sport is how much you want to put your body on the line. You know, like you can train nine, 10, 11 times a week. But if you don't want to put your body in that position to hurt, then that's half of the battle, you know. So, yeah, I think just a bit of fight and a bit of determination has got me there, I think, like, done out racing George every day in training the guy's six foot four six foot five or whatever he is I don't even know but he's a monster you know so you've got to be got to be on it to uh to be him in training so yeah I think it's just come part and parcel with it so 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 let's take it all the way back yeah um where did it what what age did it start where did it start <sighs> feels like a start when I come out of mum's womb eh <laughs> um nah Lloydie Lloydie was six years older than me my brother and he's done it since oh, he was probably five or six so I think I've grown up on the beach and I was always a little guy carrying the coats for Lloydie and his mates and I'd have 10 15 coats on me walking around the beach because I wanted to be in part of the part of the sport and was, I it, was even... it was it always Pennybont yeah I grew up Pennybont from from yeah Lloydie mum uh, uncles aunties granddad you know they've always been Pennybont so I was Pennybont from when I was um five six I think I yeah I had a Pennebon hat on, like I said, I come out of the room, I think. So, yeah, it's always been Pennebon. Um, I took a move down to Cornwall a couple of years ago, pretty hard move, but yeah, I went to the poultry fat. And yeah. was there any other sports when you were young, younger? Um, I always dipped in the rugby and like you're doing, um, doing school. And I did try swimming, but I kind of knew I did, I just didn't like following the blue line, you know. I sort of wanted to get out there and get in the waves or get in the sea and I never really used to like swimming I only went once a week when I was in nippers mum tried to get me to go to like swim squad or but she's never pushy so it was my choice and I didn't want to do it so if I didn't want to do it she was sort of like don't worry about it you know but yep. going up through school I did rugby and I think I played like played for the seas again you know I was nothing nothing really obviously being four foot four whatever I am I can't can't really play rugby you know but yeah just just knew what I wanted to do from the start, mate. So I was uh, surf five seven through and through. Uh, so do, do most young Welsh boys grow up wanting to be uh, rugby? Or? Yeah, I think so. They always, all, most of them want to be that number ten, JPR Williams, or you know, like coming through now. You got Dan Bigger and stuff. Everyone wants, thrives towards Welsh rugby, and that's sort of massive in Wales. It's all over the TV every Friday, Saturday night. So you guys are super proud as well. Yeah, mate. I think that's like you go back to uh, where I get it from. I think the Welsh culture and the Welsh heart really comes out sometimes and you see it on the rugby pitch and the football pitch and when a group of Welsh, Welsh boys get together and it's not really stopping them. So yeah, I, I, you race for your country and 
are sort of always on the line. You never want to let yourself down. You always feel like you've got people on your back, you know, to not let them down either. So, yeah, that's good. So back in, back in the day, um, who was the inspiration for you? Was it, was it Lloydie? Was he the one that, you know, you could see him sort of starting to, you know, win a few things and you wanted to follow him? Was, yeah. he, was he pushing you as much or would you just want to beat him? How, how did that play out? Um, growing up, it was always Lloydie, you know. He's, he's the same as me, loves the sport just as much as I do. And uh, growing up through Penabont, there was a few older figures, sort of got Craig Robinson and those boys who pushed Lloydie. But Lloydie was, he's like me, mate. He just loves the sport and he'll go through. And I always looked up to him and I always will. You know, he's pretty, been pretty special over the past couple of years doing the sport with me. So, yeah, he's pretty much who I looked up to at the start, for sure. And then um, you always look on, you watch TV and watch the boys coming through and Iron Man. And I mean, Lloydie, he, when, when you're not around, yeah. Um, and I've been around him on trips, etc. He always ramps you up like big time. Like the first time I'd actually even heard your name yeah. was uh, down in Alicante for uh, the Europeans, and it must have been 2013 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we we're having beers. It was me, Lloyd, and Chris Hewitt. Yeah. And um, and Lloyd had said, you know, everyone was fully oiled up and yeah. uh, he was saying oh no Lewis is the best ball paddler in Great Britain and I didn't even know there was a Lewis Riley <laughs> yeah. existed no, and yeah. then the next season you fronted so there must have been a period there where you'd gone somewhere like because I hadn't even seen you that's the thing Woody that's because you're from Cornwall and no one gets out of Cornwall <laughs> and nobody really re think they think surf life sitting in Cornwall is just surf life sitting in Cornwall and no one else exists but no I think mate that's that's what the year I sort of you must have drifted there for a period. Yeah, I did. I did. I um, I went off. What? Well, back in maybe two thousand and nine, uh, two thousand eight. Sorry, Germany. I went to world world titles um, sixteen, and I made the board final, the open board final, because there's no juniors then. And uh, a guy called Phil Clayton came up to me from Karua, and he said, "Oh, we had a little chat as you do. I think I was seventeen. Had a couple of beers in me, and sort of, I don't know, fondering around Channel next time and all those boys and." He'd come up to me and had a chat and he was like, oh, I said, oh, he was like, what are you doing? I said, nothing, mate, just don't do really much at the moment. I was going to go back to college and he said, oh, why did you come to Karawa for the season? And I was like, hang on, mate, Phil Clayton yeah, just asked me to go to Karawa for the season, you know, this is, this is massive. So anyway, we had a couple of beers and next morning, Lloyd, was like, do you remember what Phil Clayton said to you? I was like, oh, yeah, you got to go. He said, you've got to go to Karawa. And I was like, Lloyd, I'm 17, you know, is it? He said, nah, just go, go and enjoy yourself, go and... So one thing led to another, and I think two weeks later I'd booked my flight, and I was on my way to the Gold Coast. You know, I was 17 years old, and it's not until I got there I realised, shit, I'm in the deep end here. You know, I'd never cooked or cleaned for myself, and I'm living in this house on my own. And I went out there and spent six months at Karawa, trained my ass off, come back, and I think. So did you do Aussies and stuff? Yeah, I didn't go Aussies. Aussies were in Perth, so I just done like Queensland states and everything, and come home just before Aussies and. To be truthful, I think it might have been too early because I went hard and, and then I come back and went really hard again for that summer and then I sort of blew out. It was 2009 summer and I went to Europeans, my last juniors, won the board race there and just sort of got home and I don't know, I just sort of lost the love, lost the passion for the sport and Lloydie was still trying to get me involved again and I just, I don't know, I just sort of went off it and I really regret doing it now really regret missing those like three or four years i because i i did stay in the sport i'd done like the welsh champs but I, I didn't train you know i just 
Do you think that the trip to Karawa, obviously it would have shown you the, the level. Yeah. Do you think that that was possible? Because there, are, there has been situations where, uh, you know, recently, you know, young guys from GB have gone over there and realised, you know what, this is, the level is frightening. Yeah. And, and maybe taken a different direction. Was that, was that it or not? Um, I think... Do you remember where you finished that year in, at the Queensland Championship? I, I, I did have sixth in the iron, which I, yeah, I had sixth in the iron race. I think there's some waves and I did get pretty lucky and dragged the swim leg of the iron. But I think to be, to be good when you come back from Australia, you can't just do one year. I think you've got to go back and forth and back and forth because I just feel it's, it's sort of six months in Australia is not going to make you an amazing athlete. And I think some people think that they are going to become an amazing athlete after six months in Australia. So I think to do back to back to back is better than just the one season. So yeah, I think I think that that's pretty much. I only done the one season and sort of lost it. I think I just done too much, mate. I done I went too hard, and then yeah, I just sort of lost the will to live for three or four years. And and then uh, you've obviously done a number of years with uh, Spindles at uh, Mount Monganui yeah. in New Zealand. That seemed pretty quite successful. Yeah, that was that was wicked, mate. Like back to Lloydy actually, and the whole the, it was a, it was a massive process from when I got back into it in 2013. I remember Lloydy ringing me from Australia, and he going, uh, he's always trying to get me back involved. Fully, he's trying to, like you say, said to you, and he, he rang me up. He goes, Lewis. He said, "There's a cracker for sale out here." He said, "The most perfect board for you. Shall I get it? I'll bring it back for you." And I was like, "Oh, Lloydy, you know." And he goes, "Come on." He rings mum. Mum's like, "Yeah, go on, bring it back." So they brought it back for me, and that was the year we went away. So, so I went hard that summer. Craig Robinson wrote me a program. It was like eight weeks, sorry, and. Um, he wrote me a big program and went really hard, went to Europeans. And um, that was sort of getting back into it then, you know, I sort of th thought, that's what I want to do. I want to get back into it. This is, this is it, you know, this is the breakthrough. So we bought the cracker back, went hard, went to Europeans. What year was that? 2013. Yep. And I remember saying to you, uh, we were on the bus on the way to the venue. And I was saying, yeah, I'm just going to do this year and then I'm going to go in the Marines. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a Marine. I'm going to just this is one year and then that's it and then I went to Europeans and sorry George Haynes but I uh, jagged I think the only wave of the day and the biggest wave of the day and went straight past him and rah, we had one two three and that race was pretty sick you know it was amazing that was and then oh, that was a bit of a turnaround for GBR really wasn't it because we that was we ended up with five or six gold and we were you know we yeah. won the beach comp yeah and you and George we you know won the board rescue and you're on the board and yeah it yeah. was a really epic it was, it was sick, mate. Carnival. And, and I think that's what got me buzzing, you know. George was like, why don't you come to New Zealand? And I was like, what? He said, oh, come to New Zealand. You know, me and one of the boys, Stephen Gregory, are going out there. The accommodation's amazing. We live in the surf club. We train. We have fun. And I thought, yeah, I'll go with somebody this time, you know, and then try and make a thing out of it. And I've never looked back, mate. I've never looked back. Me and George have been joined from the hip since. Um, Spindles was, he, he welcomed me with open arms. I couldn't thank the guy enough what he'd done for me over I went there four years he was sort of the like I say went back and forth back and forth back and forth and I don't even think I made the British ski final the first year I got back I was struggling you know I, I went out there but I dug in I dug deep and I lived with George and he pushed me through the thick and thin again he was like come on come on and then I went back to Spindles he went to a different club but I went carried on going back to Spindles and four years later like I said I was I just loved it, man. I love the place. So take us through like a, a normal day in, in NZ. Like you guys are sleeping in the club. Yeah. So we lived on the surf club. We lived in the surf club, the most 
amazing surf club, I think, in, in the world, I'll, I'll say, next to Mount Monganui, which is the biggest like a mountain on the beach, basically. And we used to wake up, go swimming in um, an outdoor 33 meter pool, because that's what they have out there. And then um, come back, go for a coffee, have breakfast, chill out in the bunk room upstairs, go for another coffee, and then do an afternoon session, running session, and then on the ski or the board. And these are all structured though, right? All structured, mate, yeah. yeah he's, he writes a program, the program's out on a Monday, and that, that's followed then through to the Friday. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, just went Monday to Friday there, Saturday morning's big hard Ironman session, like most people do around the world, and then Sunday re rest day. But I was sort of, we were going out on the Saturday, you know? We're, when I was in Australia, I didn't really, I was too young to go out, so I was just living and breathing, surf life saving, whereas, I was with two boys my own age from Britain in New Zealand and it sort of just makes it, you know, so yeah, and then I went back the second year, I had a little coaching role, coaching the junior surf guys, which is like the nippers and uh, yeah, met some amazing mates and just, yeah, that, 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 was, that was my life for maybe, I don't know, four or five years. I mean, it is a good sport for traveling and, you know, it's, there's a good, there's a super vibe in this sport and it's... It's, you know, generally, you know, you're really welcomed everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, everywhere you go, mate. There's, um, there's a Masters squad out in Mount Monganui and they, they train, they call the Mighty Mount Masters. They train most mornings. You see them in the coffee shop and they just, like I say, they call you over, offer you around their houses for barbecues. These guys are like 40, 50 years old. Yeah, they've got kids in the club as well, but they open you with open arms and I've made some of the best friends I'll ever have in New mm. Zealand, you know? Like, these two guys I've come off the top of my head, Andrew Newton and Sam Shergold. Speak, don't really speak to them much at the moment, but you know they're a phone call away, or they're just yeah they're across the, around the world, mate. Sorry, they're just yeah they're just memories and friends. Any sessions from the last ten years that are you know epic epic sessions that you can remember? Um, I put myself in a few dark places in New Zealand. We used to do um, a session. It was forty-one minutes, and so we used to do twenty-one minutes on the sand, soft sand, boiling hot. And then we do um, 21 minutes on the board. So it's a minute on, a minute off, 20 times. Um, and that was pretty hard. You know, you got boys pushing you on the flat water, you know, as well as anyone, mate. There's no hiding on the flat water at all. And yeah, you put yourself in a pretty dark position, place on a board in, board in the creek. And I think that's pretty hard, but there's no harder session than going one-on-one -on -one with George Haynes on a Saturday morning down at Portreef, doing five irons, you know? He's, the guy's a freak. And, I've chased him around and around and around that many times and I think the five Ironmen in the mornings, freezing cold at Portreef, May is pretty hard, you know, I don't think it gets any harder than them. You've got a wetsuit on, sometimes even two swimming caps, not just the one swimming cap and you're chasing, chasing each other, wetsuit on on a ski, wetsuit on on the board, wading with a wetsuit. So yeah, I reckon five irons at Portreef is probably one of the hardest sessions I've done, yeah. yeah. If you had to do it all again, what would you have done differently, if uh, anything? Um, what would I have done differently? Now, I'd like to say that I stuck at it when I had the time off. Um, I think if I went, maybe went back to Australia or... That was the, the, a few of the boys from Cornwall actually went back to Australia the year I didn't. And I think if I had done that then, would things have been different? But then I may not be sitting here when I'm 28. I might have pulled the pin when I'm 26, 25. And yeah, so I kind of want to say yes, but I don't think it would have benefited me in any way. I, I don't think I would have had 11, 12 GB caps if I had stayed on then, 
if, if that makes sense. So, and like last year, mate, we we got third in the world in the board rescue. That was pretty special with Ash Lewis, one of one of the closest mates I've ever had, and I ever will have. I think we're joined by the hip now, and um, yeah, I don't think that would have happened either. So, third in the board of the world is pretty special. So, board rescue. So. Who's, who's your most respected opponent? Who was, who was the guy that was always the hardest to beat for you? Um, I think I've mentioned him a few times in, in this interview, but George is so hard to beat. He is so hard to beat. The kid hasn't done no training, hardly any training all year. And you just still can't seem to get him off your wash. You know, If you get him off your wash on the board, he comes down the wave behind you on the on, on a sprint finish. I think I've had 12, 13 sprint finishes out with him and won none. You know, he's just, he's so hard to beat. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I got on a ski. He can't beat me up the beach on the ski, you know, there's no sprinting. So four or five years ago, I thought, I'm going to ski paddle. And touch wood, I'm, he, he hasn't beat me on a ski for a while. So yeah, he's pretty hard to beat. He is hard to beat. And he's, yeah, I respect him. I respect him for it. and. Yeah, he's pretty good, you know, he's hard to beat. Good. I mean, you, you need someone, don't you, that's better than you. Oh. You always need someone that's better than you. A hundred percent, mate. And you, you, you look at Dan Humble, you know, he comes over and he's better, he's better than all of us on the ski in Britain. And I, tr I thought, oh, yeah, I'm pretty fit at the moment, you know. Portree ski sessions are going well, going good. And next thing, Humble turns up a week before Nationals, puts a three-minute effort in with me, and I'm thinking to myself, has anything happened to me over the last couple of weeks? You know, have I, have I gone unfit? But yeah, it's, it's so good to have somebody better than you turn up and sort of bring you back down to earth, you know, and then realise that you've got Europeans in a couple of weeks and yeah, he'll, he'll t he turns it on, so. So what advice would you give to, uh, you know, one of the young kids coming through, it's just starting out. I mean, there's obviously, there's a little bit of talent coming through in Wales at the moment. You know, if one of those young kids pulled you aside and said, you know, uh, Lewis, what, what do you think? What, what should I, what would you, what would you tell them? Um, there's a lot of sacrifices you make. Um, it's not a sport that you can make money off. So you do make a lot of sacrifices and it's going to be hard at times. You're going to put yourself in dark places and, but you always come out enjoying it. You know, there's no better time than spending time last 10 days or 10 days out here. And it's not just the winning that counts. It's this sort of thing, you know, you're sitting in the cafe with the boys or you're I don't know, you're spending time around the pool with, with your friends and there's always going to be something at the end. So just think of that when you're in the dark places and you, you want to give up or your mates are going out on, on a Saturday night and you've got to race Sunday morning. You're not missing anything, you know. This, those mates probably forget it after the things and we've all done it, gone, you know, so they're going to forget it in the morning. So you've got to make sacrifices. If you want to be, you want to be good and you want to get to that, that goal, that goal of yours, then you, you just got it. Yeah, you've got to, um, you've got to sacrifice a few things. Mate, you've been in a lot of teams. As you said, you've been in ten teams. So you've had, uh, you've had nine GB captains. Uh, you're now the tenth team. You're the captain. Is there anything you wanted to do differently? Um, is there anything I want to do? Dip, what in, as as captain of Great Britain? Um. I don't know if this is anything to do anything differently. I just think, um, I don't know. I probably wouldn't do anything differently, but I like things running smoothly, you know, and at the moment things are running smoothly. So I think everyone's happy at the moment, you know, nothing, nothing needs to be 
changed or done differently at the moment. So, yeah, last couple of days have, have really run smoothly and I think that's massive, uh, yeah. So I wouldn't change anything at the moment, I don't think, now. So if you had to go to a restaurant and was, the menu was, you could pick anything you like, what would you pick? Oh, what would I pick? You'd have to go steak and chips, I think, eh? Yeah. Um, you know what you're getting, mate. You know, you got a big bit of meat, some chips, some fries, and probably some lettuce and some salad on the side as well, just to make you feel a bit better about yourself, you know? So, yeah, I'd probably go steak and chips. All right. You support the football <coughs> football team? I'd like to say Man United. When I was a kid, I had the football strip. But kind of like Liverpool winning, you know? Yeah, I like Jurgen Klopp, he's a bit of a legend, and he comes on with the tracky bottoms and the glasses, the Oakleys, you know? Yeah, I like Liverpool. Never really. walk alone, mate. Nah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, I do like Liverpool, they're good. Do you ever see yourself um, in the coaching role with Great Britain? What do you, what do you, what, let's, just, let's just say, what, what's next? Um, what's next? I, I sort of think this could be my last. A lot of money goes on these trips. You spend a lot of money and they cost a lot of money. You take time out of work and Ashman's going to hate me, but Emily's going to love me for saying this. But I think this is my last. I think I've done a lot. I've been a lot of places. Um, and I think I'm 28. I need to start saving a bit of cash and get a deposit for a house. So I think this is my last for a couple of years. And like I said, I absolutely love the sport, so I won't be going anywhere. I'll still be doing nationals and the Welsh champs. And if GB want me as a coach, mate, I'll, I'd love to. You know, I love coming away on these trips and I love giving back. I love a team. I love giving back what I've learned and what people have given me over the past 10 years. I love giving back to the kids. You know, that's, I think that's part of, it's hard for me to say, but one of my strengths is giving back to the kids. I love, love coaching the kids, love giving them positive feedback. Sometimes love telling them what they're doing wrong, you know, and love getting them, um, getting them pumped up. And I had a chat to Eddie Pierce, one of the beach flaggers, first time this year. And I said, oh, are you feeling Eddie? And he was buzzing. He's like, yeah, I love the flags arena. You know, and I, f I think I take that for advantage sometimes. I walk on the beach, see the flags arena and think, oh, yeah, yeah. But I forget these kids are frothing to be here. You know, he's, he's got a flag pit in his back garden. The kid loves beach flags, you know, and you see a stadium like this. He's like, oh, get me on that stadium. So I'd love, like I said, I love giving back to the sport and I love coaching the younger kids. So I think I'd love to do a bit of GB coaching. I think that'd be uh, definitely right up there on the tick list, eh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that's what I, you know, I always wanted to, to say to the guys, you know, this is, there's no better platform to, to be a hero. No, yeah. Take it on and yeah. take it up. And there's no better feeling than winning either. You know, you do all this training and you do like, you do so many mornings, so many afternoons. You work five days a week and, last thing you want to do is go training but when you're standing on that podium singing the national anthem it's pretty special you know it gets me in tears every single time i stand up there and touch wood i'd love to be standing up there again this week if it's a team event it's an individual event anything as long as i'm up there once you know without national anthem playing i'll be happy mate so yeah yeah, yeah. well mate i congratulate you it's been a great career awesome cheers I'm Woody. stoked mate you're able to join me in a cafe in Riccioni and having uh, some fine Italian coffee because it is magnificent the coffee over here mate so yeah. listen all the best I'll be watching you on the weekend and I hope you kick ass and I appreciate you being uh, number three on the Woody cast mate <laughs> cheers mate yeah I just like I say we had the chat before the 
podcast went on, but just love this sort of thing. I was listening to um, a podcast around the cans actually this morning, one of the Aussie boys done, and I was like, yeah, so good what he's actually doing this and trying to bring the sport up in uh, up in the UK. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's helped me over the last couple of years. You know, like the past 10 years has been pretty hard. It hasn't been easy. It's come with its ups and downs, but things move on. You sort of uh, grow up in life, I think. And I think over the past couple of years, I've grown up and realised that this is what I want to be doing and made some amazing friends, amazing memories and there's no better friend, I've got to give him a mention, is Ashley Lewis. You know, I mentioned him once earlier but I think people think we're brothers sometimes. You know, we, some of the girls I think, I think what is wrong with those two boys? But we just bounce off each other and I just love the sport mate so just thank you very much for everything you're doing and yeah, cheers. Thank you very much, buddy. Cool. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, mate. Cheers, and mate. Uh, we'll catch you over the next couple of days. Yeah, legend. Thank you. Easy one. Thanks, buddy. No worries.